thanks again for li- listening to the Rebuilt Rebuild podcast. Again, we are kind of tacking and changing a bit what we do in the podcast uh, from kind of delivering content of kind of of teaching content to moving more towards telling you and sharing with you some stories of people in our pews who have been a benefits of a rebuilt model. Um, today, really happy to share with you an interview with uh, Andrea Smithberger. I call her Andrea sometimes, so you'll see me mix that up sometimes. But Andrea has an incredible story uh, that comes, um, and you'll, you'll see she talks about the attention to detail that Nativity has uh, and how that drew her in. And then she's got just an amazing story, uh, a person of incredible spiritual depth. Um, and so just I, I enjoyed the conversation with her, just and so inspired by her. I think you'll be inspired by her too. So here is my conversation with Andrea Smithberger. Well, hey, Andrea, thanks for uh, doing this and being part of this Rebuilt podcast. And uh, just, you know, start give people a little bit of background information about yourself, yeah. where you grew up, family, that kind of stuff, whatever you want to share. So I grew up in Montgomery County. Okay, Maryland. Okay. Yes, Maryland. Not too far, but so different. So different from Baltimore County. And um, my husband grew up in the same neighborhood as I did. We rode the same school bus. Graduated from the same high school, same year, and never talked to each other. Okay. And fast forward several years, uh, we remet, and then fast forward even more years, we now have five kids and live here in uh, the Timonium area and uh, have been here at Nativity for, gosh, maybe just three, a little over three years. Oh, okay. Oh, that's it. Okay. I did yeah. not know that. There yeah. you go. So yeah. that's partly talked about not preparing you by not sharing yeah. the questions with you. I, I I, I partly don't want to be prepared to. I want to yeah. learn new things as, as we kind of go on as well. So um, so what was your relationship with God growing up? What was your relationship with the church and faith? Um, so my mom is from Columbia, South America, and um, Roman Catholicism is is it, is what you, it's what you do. And so my mom introduced us to faith early on, and not just faith, but... Um, in the sense that you don't just go to church, but after church we'd come home and we would dig deeper and she would point us to look for God. So I think my mom early on taught me to have eyes and ears for God in a very different way than just checking a box on Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was important and it was, it was your mom that, that helped to... For sure. What was your kind of image of, of conception of God or image of God growing up? So God has always been a part of my life and a very um, like palpable presence in my life, I feel. I think partly because my mom taught me to look for him, but we also grew up in a charismatic community called the Mother of God community in that area. And um, God was always present. Okay. Real. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So then, um, what what brought you then to Nativity? You said three years ago. What kind of what, what connected you here? Um, so we were at another parish, and um, it felt more like checking the box there. And um, we had hit kind of a bump in the road with me medically, and so um, a a day that I had a biopsy, I was really upset and um, waiting on answers, and they were taking forever, and it happened to. Uh, end up going to church by myself here. I was like, I'm just going to go to Nativity. I've never been there. Here's a little crazy. <laughs> just go check it out. And um, I was standing in the back of the church, and um, 
at the end of mass, Father White said something like, you know, we don't really usually do this, but I feel like somebody is, you know, waiting on results. And so we're going to just do um, uh, anointing of the sick for whoever needs to come up and um, just pray for results or, you know, it was just so so crazy. And so I went up and I was like, you know, I feel like everybody else should just sit down. This is just for me. <laughs> and so, um, that started my relationship with nativity. Okay. Yeah. So this was a Sunday that you came. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, so the very first time you came, there was an yeah. anointing and you had just had a, a medical biopsy, which we're going to get to yeah. in, a, in, a, in a second. Um, so what helped you to get more engaged? So that was that first moment of coming up and the anointing. So actually, yeah, first time you're here, you're kind of beyond just slipping out the back door. Yeah. Uh, what else has helped you to kind of connect with the community here? So faith here is a relationship. It's not just a religion. And um, between the way you're greeted at the door, the music, the attention to detail is so inviting to the experience as a relationship it's hey come in i've prepared this for you Hmm. come and enjoy with us and so it is it's not just a building to walk in and out of it's 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 an experience that's a very interesting point uh, that the detail actually facilitates relationship and it's not like a an automated thing that feels stiff but mm-hmm. detail can actually lead to a relationship. I just think that's, that's an interesting po- point for people to know. Well, you know, like if you're dating, even if, if the person you're dating writes you a note, but there's like an inside joke or there's a, mm. something that they noticed to, to have something allow you to take notice of or to be noticed is, is special. Okay. It's so special. some of the detail too, and noticing people and mm-hmm. it's the kind of detail, I guess, is yes. what's important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, the detail helped you to engage. You got in a small group too. That's yes. kind of part. Okay. Yes. How long did it take you to get into a, into a small group here? Not well, maybe a year. And again, that's just because our life was nuts. Um, but maybe a year. And then because of everything that was going on in our life, I had to step away from it. I just couldn't handle um, anything besides our family. And then uh, reinvited a again and i'm so glad i accepted <laughs> all right so yeah i think we got to get to your story we got to get to it <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard to, to go through just let me one more question before we get there yeah. if you i i say this this is a question i'm gonna be asking everybody uh on a scale in your relationship with god in relationship mm-hmm. with christ mm-hmm. if from a negative 10 mm-hmm. to a positive 10 so negative 10 is like a satanist i guess you would yeah. say right yeah. to Maybe other people laugh when I say that, but positive tens, Mother Teresa or whoever okay. your, your favorite superhero yes. Christian is, right? Yeah. Uh, where would you put your scale when you came into Nativity, when you started first engaging in the parish? I was maybe about a three or four. Okay. Yeah. And where would you put yourself right now? I might be a... <laughs> I might be a nine. I don't know. Okay. I'm I'm in. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. I, I give you a nine too. Okay, so then. I think I don't think you're lacking humility okay, there. Good. All right. So let's jump into your story because um, yeah. So um, you started before you had these health issues before coming to the parish. So mm-hmm. start start to describe them. I know you have done that before. But. Um. So we have five children, um, which at first glance is so awesome. Right. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is that I had six losses. So I've been pregnant 11 times. Um, so that is, um, a lot of pain in and of itself. Um, 
but after Lily was born, Lily's our youngest, youngest. Um, and she was probably just about to turn three, I started hurting so bad and then swelling to the point where I looked pregnant, like seven months pregnant, not just like bloated, but excessively large swelling. And um, went to the doctor and we just kept brushing it off and brushing it off. And then the pain was... Because the doctor didn't have any answers. Well, they just thought, you know, you've had a lot of pregnancies. So this is normal. Just suck it up. Um, And so finally, one doctor was like, you know what? I think we need to do a biopsy. I feel like you might have um, ovarian cancer, something, because the pain was just relentless. So we did the biopsy and nothing. And then they, through several scans, found um, pelvic congestion syndrome. And it's um, 14 varicose veins were squeezing on one ovary and like constricting it. So that sounds logical and that like that would be it. So to treat it, they sent metal coils through my neck down the artery. That- yeah. <laughs> right? Like, ugh. and yeah, and that just sounds painful in itself. That and, yeah, and it didn't relieve anything. So those coils were meant to stop up the blood flow of those um, varicose veins so that there'd be no more pressure, no more pain, and it didn't take anything away. Then we decided to, through more scans, more MRIs, let's do a partial hysterectomy. Um, because I'm young, so, you know, we don't want to do a full hysterectomy and put you in a menopause and, um, did the partial, something went wrong. Um, and a week later I was going septic, um, and back in the hospital, um, on mor- morphine and, um, not, not doing well. Uh, so, th- <laughs> so throughout this time, um, I just, I don't even know that I can put words to the kind of pain that I was feeling. It just um, took everything from me that I was, um, whether it was room mom or a volunteer or a small group participant or um, snack mom for soccer teams and lacrosse teams or whatever. I was nothing. So you I, were very active before this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was just on the same couch every day in the fetal position taking um, gabapentin, um, which is like a nerve uh, medication. And they were hoping to, because I had so many angry nerves in my pelvis because of all the, the it was co- just angry because the coils, because the surgeries, because whatever. So gabapentin slurred my speech. Um, I couldn't drive. So I couldn't read to my little girl. I couldn't read to her at night. Um, and I couldn't see... I don't remember, this part still bothers me. I don't remember my daughter's freshman year or John's sixth grade year or Lily going to preschool. I just wasn't there. Right. I was on the couch and I was on medication and hurting and crying a lot. <laughs> and so after the um, follow-up, uh, I had to have a full hysterectomy. And then somewhere along the way, I did change doctors and... Um, he was like, oh my gosh, Andrea, those 14 coils, they're, they're out. They're not where they're supposed to be. So that was what was causing the incredible pain. Yeah. And then hydronephrosis, like my kidney was upset and I couldn't drink water, but I was supposed to drink water because it would sweat. It just was a mess. I was a mess. And then I had entrapment. I mean. And so this pain that you were going through that was debilitating, that again, kept you from being able to gauge your kids basically in the fetal position pretty mm-hmm. much all day long. Mm-hmm. And the, um, 
How long, how long a period was this? Overall, it's three years. Over three years? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So um, I would not take the pain medication so that I could then, I was a youth group leader, um, I would go to camp or go to an event and um, have a blast because I love those kids, but then <laughs> hurt at night. Or else, um, if I really wanted to read Lily a story, I just would not take the gabapentin until, you know. Because they kind of just clouded your mind. It just was yeah. a mess. Yeah. And so... Um, he took some of the metal coils out. The other ones were left. And, um, ultimately long story short, it was five surgeries within 10 months. And, um, the final diagnosis that I was given was, so if we go in to take the coils out, there's a 97% chance that you will have permanent paralysis to your left leg. Wow. So my two choices were paralysis or pain. So pause there a second. Mm -hmm. What what was you know, your attitude towards God during this time? So this is where God and I got really real because um, I got angry. Um, you know, on top of this, my fourth child, uh, Joseph, was really sick during this time. So we had two layers. How old was he at that time? He was... He was seven. Okay. Um, central line to his chest, pumping medication, uh, 11 lesions on his brain, um, swelling so bad that his eyes, the sixth cranial nerve was messed up, so his eyes went crossed, and he had to wear prism glasses. His white blood cell count was a mess. The kid was so sick. And so uh, when he was going in for a spinal tap... Uh, and we just couldn't understand Jeez. why this was happening and what was going on. Because I'm waiting to have my surgery in two weeks, and he's going into GBMC. Um, and his muscle tone, I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. So really um, heavy days. But um, we kicked the tires, and we said stupid, you know, really emphatically. Like, that was his big bad word. And... Um, we were like, God, do you hear us? Do you hear, do you see what's happening to us? Um, and he, God just answered every time. Every time in such detail that is undeniable that it was just God. Um, do you have an example of that? or anything? I mean, <laughs> so Joseph was in the hospital, um, and he, a friend of mine, Beth, brought him uh, a roll of quarters. She was like, you know what, buddy? You can go to the snack machine and get um, whatever snack you want. But he couldn't even walk. Like So uh, while he was there, another friend, Meredith, had brought this book, Tashi. And I read it, 460 pages, read it to him all day long with the best voices that I possibly could um, to entertain both of us and distract us both from whatever was going on. And um, he was like, Mommy, I just, I wish that I could have the second book. There's Atashi too. And uh, I was like, oh, buddy, they don't even make it anymore, you know, whatever. I mean, we'll see what we can do. Uh, and he was like, God, if you if you could help me find a Tashi 2 book, I just really want a Tashi 2 book. I've got some money, you know, and he, this is his prayer. And that afternoon, Tashi 2 shows up through a friend. Huh, okay. And so he's looking at me like, Mommy, <laughs> is he here in this room? <laughs> Does, I mean, he hears us so clearly. And, I mean, that's just one example. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, it could be really easy to understand getting really mad at God or yeah. saying it's not worth it to to follow God in the midst of pain. I mean, I'm thinking. I mean, I mean, six miscarriages. Yeah. Your your son's in pain. You're in pain. Um, yeah. I mean, I just I can't help but think of Job. I mean, that, oh, that people will be like, you I know, mean. <laughs> curse God and die, right? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the. Um, yeah. But. But heading up onto the ramparts and standing in hope and waiting and reading through the Old Testament and Habakkuk and Job and Joseph and seeing their example of how, gosh, what a mess, right? Just pain and, I mean, Job, what a mess. But he did not give up. God did not give up on him. So how could Job give up on God? And it just, whether coming to church and just the right song or reading a verse and it just speaking, you know, I've seen your tears and heard your cry and I will be with you. It's, he's just undeniable. And in all the details, I I can't give up on him. (laughs) So just persevering and and keeping at it. Yeah. And it's work. It's work. It's not easy. So you, um, three years of this kind of pain, Mm -hmm. Um, and you're just dealing with it, but it's just kind of a cycle of either do the, do the pain medication Mm -hmm. and you're cloud and you can't do anything. Don't do it, but you're in incredible pain. Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about like not be trying to do the dishes, but yeah, I couldn't do, um, that well, I would do the dishes so that I would look like I was doing something normal for the kids. Um, but I would just be crying, uh, into the dishes because, uh, it hurts so bad to stand. It just, it hurts so bad. So, um, then I ended up being invited to a small group here. Um, and I was like, you know what? It's time. It, it is what it is at this point. This is where I'm, I'm living with this pain. So I might as well just, you know, rejoin. And, um, but I didn't tell anybody my story because I, I felt overwhelming um, I was overwhelmed, um, but the Meredith who invited me, um, she knew, you know. Um, so it was during one day that uh, Susan comes in and she starts talking about this healing ministry, and it was crazy. This woman had a metal plate in her arm, and um, she got prayed over, and then the metal plate was gone, and we're joking that it's called the metal ministry of healing, and I was like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so... Shut up because... Just. Because I've got metal coils in my body and somebody's being healed from pain because of metal in their body and I'm sitting here with now eight. I still have... Well, I don't know if I still... Well, anyway. We'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. We'll get to that. So um, I went home and told my family and Jason's like, oh, okay, my husband. Okay. <laughs> and then my kids were like, wow, okay, mom, that's kind of crazy. Um and I was like, gosh, but I wonder, I wonder if that, you know, if it actually worked for her, could it work for me? Um, and then it just happened that night that everybody had uh, a bunch of stuff to do, stuff at school, whatever. And it was just me and John, uh, my son, John. And that's the one who was in the hospital, right? No, this is the other son. Another son. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and so John was like, mom, can we have a date night? And I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. <laughs> whoever does that. So, um, <laughs> how old's John? He's John at that point uh, was thirteen or fourteen, okay. and so we went outside. It's dark out, and he's shooting hoops, and we're just sitting outside. And he's like, "Mom, you know that 
that crazy story about that healing ministry in the middle. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, that's crazy. I was like, I know. And he's like, but could you do it? Could you just, <laughs> could you just ask for me? Could you ask for healing? Because it's really hard to see you hurt. And I think it could be really good for my faith hmm. and for um, the way that I see God if you could be healed. And so I was like, well, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, what you, what you got? Because, um, but how could I deny that? And again, the detail. I'm hearing Susan talk about such a specific thing as a metal healing ministry. And that's Susan Aldridge, who's yeah. here at small, who does the small groups here. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, then for God to put the invitation through my son was the detail I needed. So um, I reached out to Susan, who got me in touch with Robin and Mia. So I'm going to pause your second yeah. there. Because there was another thing that made you think about not uh, pursuing this kind of healing. There's a couple. <laughs> what else? Okay, what are the other ones then? I wanted healing for other people um, before me that maybe deserved it more than me, hmm. um, who've been battling for a longer time or a harder thing. So uh, I wanted it for them first. And um, I also had gotten um, really close to Jesus in the pain. And... Um, didn't want to lose that. I thought that that's, that was the way to hear him, and I didn't want to lose that. Yeah, no, that's amazing to me. I mean, um, there's an author, John Eldridge, I don't know if you've heard John mm -hmm. Eldridge, but he talks about something like, he, he says, like, a holy moment, like he takes off his shoes, you know, like God is present. And when yeah. I hear you say that, and I heard you say that before, I'm like, that's so incredibly holy. <laughs> like, I mm. can't, I don't know if I've ever said that. <laughs> you know, like, God, I want the pain because it's brought me closer to you, Jesus. Mm. Mm. I, you know, I think so often our thing is pain. Let me get rid of it. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know. Can you just, I think for other people, it might just blow their mind. It blows my mind. Um, so the, no, the pain, when it's intense enough, and we can all experience pain in such different ways, loss, um, physical pain, um, divorce, abuse, whatever it is, um, Pain turns down the noise on everything else. And for me, Jesus just came in loud and clear, and he would not let me go. So, I mean, whether it was quiet time, you know, reading the Bible, or he just would show up in such detail um, and in such beautiful ways that uh, I would... I mean, I, I don't like to use that Christianese term of like pressing in, but literally pressing into the pain and just sitting there in the quiet of it, I was able to hear him better. So pressing into the pain mm -hmm. and bringing it to him or what, I mean, what did you, I mean, what did you do that you were able to hear from Jesus? Because many people could be that pain and again, would say God abandoned me, would not get closer to God through the yeah. pain. I think that's the kind of mystery of... of but, but I think it's I think okay to ask mystery. questions. And I think it's great to be like, God, do you see me? Because I did that many times. Mm -hmm. And dang it, if he didn't say, yes, I do. I see you. 
and I'm here and I love you and uh, it's going to be okay. And, you know, the I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, hope, one filled with hope and a future. And I was like, I don't think so. I This feels really bad um, because Joseph was so sick that we went from GBMC to Hopkins and Hopkins shrugged their shoulders and said, we've never seen anything like this. We cannot help your kid. That's dark. That is terrible and it's terrifying. But the way that God show up shows up you know, when, when you press in by that, I mean, you ask the questions and wait for the answer. You don't just throw out the anger and then turn away. God, I'm giving you my anger. What if you please respond and wait for it? He will answer. So what I hear is just asking questions. God, do you see me? Got it. You know, and giving it back to him. God, here, here it is. Deal Mm -hmm. with it. (laughs) You deal with it. God, a little bit that, that's what I'm, that's what I hear you're saying you did. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, but I feel like deal with it's cold. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, that's probably the wrong language. I'd be like, God, you deal, you know, <laughs> you're a different person than me. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but you brought it back to him. I guess yes, that's my yes, point. And yeah. you didn't, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about Mary and, mm. A little bit this with this week as we record, you know, it's Christmas week, and you know, how can this be, right? Mm-hmm. Here's this great plan. You're gonna you're gonna have a child. How, wait, how can this be? She actually brings the question, and I'm hearing the same kind of thing to you. It's yeah. like, here's what I'm pondering. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here it is, God. So, yeah. and it, as simple as that is, mm-hmm. it's powerful. It's powerful. It's so powerful that that again, you were able to hang in their relationship with God and not think He had abandoned you, mm-hmm. even. To me, I just can't imagine being in that pain every day for for three years. So, yeah. Um, so just you know, back to your story. All right. So now, where I stopped you a minute ago. Yeah. Um, your son comes to you and says, "Will you do this for me?" Yeah. All right. So go from there. Take the story from there. So I approach Robin and Mia. Um, my surgeon is Jewish. And you, you approach me, just to tell who Robin and Mia are. For people so Robin McCormick and Mia Corcoran, your lovely wife, who, I mean, I don't even know where the healing ministry was at that point, like if it was just starting off or what. Yes. I, I just, mean, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's just get in touch with these women and um, see what the next step will be. Um I went to my surgeon who's Jewish and he, you know, he and I have really great conversations and he said, uh, gave me the prognosis. It's either paralysis or pain. And I was like, you know what, Dr. Adeshek, I, I think, um, I have another option. And he was like, is this Jesus? And I was like, it is, <laughs> it is. It's, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you what it is because it still feels kind of crazy to me, but I will let you know. So we high five each other and I'm out of the office and I was like, shoot here we go so well, I, I think even stopping you there it's like that's like you know it's this or this and both i mean that, those are two terrible answers you know yes. two terrible options paralysis or pain and it's in when we feel like we have no, no good options maybe that's the reminder that mm. yeah jesus is the third option and always an option doesn't it? we don't want to be making jesus the third option but yeah yeah so anyway go ahead i, I interrupted you those are bad and so uh, reach out to them and we're just texting back and forth texting back and forth and Robin was like can I call you and um, so we can have a conversation and I can hear more about your story and um, 
so I tell her everything on the phone, but I, the pain was so bad I couldn't take a full breath. I don't know if you've ever been in, like winded even like that the breath can only go to here because to fill my body with air would hurt. So I would just take really shallow breaths. And, and was, had that increased to that point or was that was, was just consistent? That was for th- oh gosh. Okay. So Robin and I are talking and I was like, I need to take a moment. I can't really breathe right now because I think I'm getting agitated, you know, whatever. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, can I just pray with you right now over the phone? And I was like, yeah. And she, I mean, Robin is such a beautiful prayer and she was done. And she's like, do you feel any different? And I was like, I wish I did. I wish it would happen now. And she's like, no, we're going to all meet and we're going to pray and it's going to be, it's going to be great. So I was like, okay. So the night before we met, it was, um, there was a, a huge group of us and my husband, Jason came with me too. And it was him and I sitting came where? Just, to, here to nativity. Okay. And, um, it was Mia and Robin and Kim and Colleen and Jackie and a slew of my friends. And I was just circled, you know, just wrapped in faith. And these women that were in the room with me that day helped me press in. They, they didn't let me go. Um, and they didn't stop me from, they held me up to keep pushing in and keep looking for Jesus and, um, so to have them there was spectacular. And so Mia um, just read words from Isaiah and prayed over me. And Kim is circling the room, praying for protection for all of us. And I'm just sobbing and we're praying. And, you know, the coils are all on my left side. And Jackie's got her hand on my back and she's just praying. And at one point... Um, so if you put your knuckles together and you rub them like this, mm-hmm. you know, feel like that, yeah. even just that sound, um, I felt that sensation in my left side and I was like, are you, are you doing that to yourself? What are you doing right now? And, but my, I was so peaceful. It just felt like Christmas the night before, like you're so excited. And then during the prayer, I was just really peaceful. And, um, the prayer for release from all sorts of pain, um, pain older than, uh, this current pain, generational pain, um, just to let it go and to, for the blood of Jesus to stop that bloodline of shame or, um, it just was really powerful. And, um, Jackie at one point said, um, I just have a vision of you dancing. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that's really nice, but I, I can't even, you know, imagine that right now. So, um, we were there for an hour and 40 minutes. I I was going to ask you how long it was. It was long and it was so beautiful because I, um, was picking up a group of middle schoolers from Ridgely to go to a wildlife event to, um, youth group event and the girls are in the car and they're like miss andrea where what are you doing were you crying and i was like girls i was just at a healing prayer so that i won't hurt anymore and susan at one point during the healing prayer had referenced you know i just pray that andrea would feel whiter than snow and the girls were like um and i told the girls that and i was like isn't that such a pretty picture that I would feel that light and that, you know, that free. And they were like, well, we're going to pray that for you too. And I was like, we're going to McDonald's to get French fries and starts flurrying. 
and all the girls in the car were so excited. We were just talking about flurry, or, you know, you being whiter than snow, and then look at the snowflakes falling. And for me to be able to experience that detail with those girls that I love um, was such a gift. And so I went home and, you know, I felt, you know, like a little looser, but I still had, um, I also have a rotated sacrum. It's part of the fun. So just the pain was, you know, wrapped around. And so I felt a little twinge of that still, but I was like, I mean, I, th I think I'm just riding a high right now, whatever. So that was a Friday and Saturday morning, no pain. Like no pain, no swelling, no pain. Um, we have a big family, so I have a big calendar with dry erase, color-coded, you know, whatever. And it became the thing to write every day in uppercase letters, no pain, no I, pain, I, <laughs> no pain, over and over. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're like second-guessing yourself here. Is this real or is this, are you, are you, no, are you like, is it going to come back or I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I wasn't waiting for the other shoe to drop at this point because, so there are a lot of um, layers to my pain. Um, and and they're, they're private. So there's a lot of layers to my pain and, um, but one physical one. So I have 13 new scars on my abdomen for all the, from all the surgeries. And there was one that never healed. I mean, it's an open, not pretty wound on my abdomen, and um, that's healed. It would itch all the time. It was ugly, and it is healed. Um, I can drink water. I can take full breaths. I go for hikes. I went dancing. Not a week later, I was at a wedding, and I was dancing with my husband in heels and came home, and the next morning, Lily, who at that point was um, six, had set the bed up for me on the couch because she was expecting for me to be in pain. You know, she mm. was waiting for me to be in pain, so she set up my devotionals, my, my blankets, and she got me all set, and I was like, Mommy's fine. Wow. It's no pain. So it has been over 400 days of no pain. Do you still write that down on the calendar? I do. <laughs> how can you not how can you not <laughs> it's so good it's so it just blows my mind it blows my mind so to be able to now go back to my doctors and say I mean I was doing acupuncture physiotherapy the gabapentin psychological therapy and the medical surgeon to cooperate like the team in place for my day-to-day -day existence was Extensive hmm. and expensive. <laughs> right. And now here I am feeling good. Well, um, I mean, what, did you feel like you had to have the right faith to believe this? I mean, you kind of you said like going into it, um, I mean, you believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. but I think that's a lot of people. Like, yeah. I, and I, even my wife, and you talked about this, is my wife's been talking about this for a while, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I believe in miracles. I read the book Gospels and I read the Bible. I, be, yeah. I believe in all, you know, in yeah. the miracles. But something like, they don't happen to, and I wouldn't even say if you said, do they happen today theoretically? Yeah. But I wouldn't talk, you know, Mia has talked about them more and more about living in expectation of them, mm, I think. Yes. And I certainly don't and still probably have room to grow. And I think probably people listening to this which are still like, what? You know, yeah. to your story. Um, 
I know a lot of people because I have a lot of kids and they have seen me before and now. They, they can tell you. Right. <laughs> they can tell you what it was like to see Andrea before from 2016, 2017, 2018, right. 2019. It is above and beyond, <laughs> abundantly more. I mean, that phrase, this is abundantly more. And it has been 400 days of me being able to almost like a treasure hunt kind of unwrap all the layers of gifts that this healing has been for me and for my family. I mean, John better. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. It is <laughs> he better beautiful. believe, right? Yeah. yeah he, he said he needed faith. So <laughs> the signs and wonders have been done for, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. um, so yeah, I, I had, a, had a question. It just, it just left, but well, here's my, my quite my thing. And I, you don't want to go into this. I, cause I, I think you, but, it wasn't just physical healing. It is spiritual, internal, emotional healing yeah. of other things as well. And yeah. that's all part of it as well. Yeah. Right? My body's been through a lot. Um, my body has been through a lot. Um, at one point, I had no voice. Uh, so now I have a voice. And I was just joking as I was walking in here. Um, when I do my Walmart <laughs> pickup orders, the Walmart guys know my healing story. Um, when I'm in the post office dropping off my Christmas cards, can I just tell you how real Jesus is? You know, everybody's got to know because if this is real, I mean, this is, we're just getting started. You know, this is, <laughs> it is overwhelming. So what, I guess, again, for people who struggle to believe this or have, mm -hmm. you know, again, even maybe there are people listening who, who want to be healed, yeah, who have pain and they're yeah. like, maybe even where you are, I don't know. Yeah. Um, again, the reason some strains in Christianity saying the pain is good or suffering and it certainly is redemptive. Yeah. God uses it. Yeah. Um, and, and far worse than suffering or pain is, is pointlessness and, and purpose, yeah. having no purpose. Right. That's far worse. Um, but how much faith, I don't know, what faith did you have that you were going to be healed? Or you just stepped into it anyway, or you didn't know? Did you just go in open and this may or may not work? How, how did you know? I think the, the pain definitely shifted my posture towards, towards God, for sure. But I don't I, feel like I deserved it more than anybody. I, this is uneven. This is almost not fair. I think that's fair to say that. There are plenty of people with just as big faith who, for one reason or another, and I do not know, don't have that healing. Um, and that, that is a, a reason that, uh, keeps me from sharing sometimes because it makes me feel like, uh, I just, I mean, there's so many people, I just want this for them. And I know that they're trying or, but the other thing, you know, is I'm 45 now. My, some of my pain is over 40 years old and it has taken that long to get to this point where I am healed. And where I can um, move and breathe and be me freely. So, if any, I don't, I'm just trying to think of anything people can take away from your story is to persevere. To persevere and to stick, because gosh, if there's no, I mean, so you, you know, uh, COVID has robbed a lot of us of uh, layers of identity, of things that we could do, like the pain did for me. No room mom, no snack mom, no mm. carpool, whatever. COVID has done that for so many people. Huh. Um, 
you can't be the party hoster. You can't, you know, there's so many things that we identify with and they're gone because of COVID. But my goodness, if you could just then shift all that energy or that, yeah, that energy and that time towards Jesus, what, what do you have for me? What, what are we learning here? And he will answer is all there is to it. Whether it was in my healing, even in, you know, my relationship with Jesus in the pain was so strong that I was really um, reluctant to let it go. But he's here now. Yeah, I, I think there's truth to that, too, that the pain or can become other things for us, fear, worry, mm-hmm. doubt that are not good. They're cancers or things yeah. in us that are evil. Yeah. That they're not of God, but we become attached to them, mm-hmm. or we become comfortable, <laughs> and you know sometimes the pain has to get to a point where we want to let it go, or we so desperately just need to get rid of it that mm-hmm. we will. So there's so much more to our identity though than fear and worry and anxiety. Um, something that I held on to was um, you know the story of Jesus in the storm and. Jesus promises to be with us in the storm. And I was like, I know that you're here. I know that you're here. But the invitation that Jesus offers to us is not just, I'm going to be with you in the storm. It's not more than the promise. The invitation is, let's go to the other side. Mm. And the other side is, there's so much more to who we are than room mom, snack mom, um, preacher, kid, athlete there's so much more to us so get to the other side keep pushing through and do it with jesus because he's will be with you and the other side is (laughs) it's amazing it's amazing i have a lot of other sides to get to in my life for other things right right? you're not done (laughs) on the other side of this pain is remarkable yeah or even what you're saying i'm thinking of, of, of blind bartimaeus you know comes in front of Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Yep. Well, I'm blind. What do you think I want you to do? But he wants them to articulate it. This is what I want yes. for you. And again, going back to what you even said, to ask the questions, to keep to keep pressing in. Yeah. So um, a lot of questions I've skipped here <laughs> just mm-hmm. to go through your story. Um, but one of the questions that I, I kind of been asking people is, you know, uh, and you were sharing this with me a few minutes ago, what do you think is kind of your next step with this, with your story and with uh, what you're learning right now? Um, I keep studying his word and I am a big, um, sharer. I like to share. It makes me feel good to encourage people. Um, and, um, one verse that stood out to me was, uh, when Jesus is talking to Peter and he said, Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. Um, and I was sifted. Um, and still being sifted, but Mm. aggressively sifted. But Jesus says, I was praying for you all along. I will be praying for you. And when you turn back, encourage your brothers and sisters. So I have been sifted. Jesus has been with me. And it is my turn now to encourage my brothers and sisters. Um, and it, it's just so special. You know, the series right now we're talking about at church is um, Secrets. And um, one of Jesus' first miracles, or the, his first miracle, is when he turned water to wine at the wedding. And, um, you know, Mary's like, I think you need to do something about this. And he's like, oh, it's not my time. And she's like, no, 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 no. Uh, servants, you just listen to Jesus. He'll tell you what to do. And so Jesus 
tells the servants to get the water. They get the water. Jesus tells them to bring it over here. He, they bring it over to him. Then Jesus says, okay, um, now go take it to the king. And the servants take the water jugs to the king. And the king's like, oh my gosh, this is the best wine. The king has no idea what's happened, everything that's gone before, but the servants who are in this quiet position of humility and obedience get to be the witnesses of this miracle. They get to be part of the miracle because of their obedience, their humility, and their interaction with Jesus. Jesus says something, they do it. It's just, it's so, it's such a relationship. So to be part of a secret like that, like I feel like I'm letting other people into my secret. Mm -hmm. Um, My gosh, come on. (laughs) There's wine to be had. There's the other side, whatever the, there's so much more um, when we live life with Jesus. Cool. Hmm. Thanks, Andrea. Thank great you for to having me. This. Yeah, it was great to have this conversation. And uh, yeah, thanks for your, thank you for sharing. Absolutely. My pleasure. <laughs> My honor.